Hello, welcome to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. My name is Emma. I'm the Young Adult Oversight here at church. This is the last podcast for our series called This Is How I Fight My Battles, and we pray that it blesses you. Um, Also, I wanted to throw out a couple of figures for everybody before I... um jump in. Pastor Fred shared these this morning. They're really encouraging. We're, we're not about numbers. Um, in about numbers aren't our um, motivation. We're never sitting in a boardroom or in an exec meeting going, oh, well, if we did this and this and this, um, it might like, you know, water down the gospel a bit, but bring more people. And we're never motivated purely by numbers. But numbers are a good measurement. Numbers help you figure out how things are going. So higher numbers generally are better numbers. Um, so our average weekly attendance is being 455 this year, um, not including youths not running. That's just, um, which is much higher than it, than it normally is. Usually in January, it's a little bit like, oh, okay, people have forgotten us. Um, so it's awesome because that speaks to you guys. That speaks to you guys being engaged. That speaks to you guys being passionate. It speaks to you guys really caring and really feeling like I need to be in the house of the Lord. So that's awesome. Um, we've had 39 people um, new people come in who we have their phone number, we've assigned them a life group, someone's been following them up midweek. Really, really powerful. Um, everyone who's scanned a QR code or sent an email to Hello Ad has actually um, been placed in a life group already, uh, which is amazing. Our sermon podcasts from last, last year was 300 uh, per podcast, 300 listens, which, you know, honestly, that actually excited me. I'm like, 300 people? I don't think I know 300 people. Um, but now it's 2,844 per message. Um, we've got 17 life groups uh, pioneered by Pastor Jesse, really like creating space for this in people's homes. Super, super important. Um, there'll be a point that I make later on my message that I wouldn't be able to make if life groups weren't there. Uh, you'll know it when you see it. Uh, KCW streams in the last 28 days, 350,000. Yeah, that would have been impressive. I'm, I'm not great with that. That would have been impressive for me if I'd stopped at 350, but uh, 350,000, there's like three more zeros after that. That makes it significantly big. But hey, we're in our last um, last sermon of the This Is How I Fight My Battle series, a preaching series on worship. Uh, if you've missed any of it, if, uh, if, you haven't, if you're not up to date, go listen to the podcast. It's going to be super, super awesome. You're going to really get into it. Um, Emma preached an amazing uh, double Sunday, did a different message each one, which is wild. It was really, really powerful. Um, ben Davies last week, exceptional. Um, Pastor Fred preached twice. It was great. Yeah, they're very used to you preaching well, I think. But it's like, yeah, I'd expect that. Do you know he preached at Hillsong? I do. Um, uh, but I get, to, I get to close it off, which is going to be really, really powerful. And so I wanted to speak uh, to you tonight on something that I hope will add some prayerfulness to your worship and some worshipfulness to your prayer. I was having a look around the room tonight. Probably it doesn't really feel like a room where I have to be like, hey, guys, let me make a case for worshipping passionately. Like you're, you're there. Um, but let's bring every component to our prayer and our worship as we can. Um, so worship that's prayerful, prayer that's worshipful. And I think a big key for that is going to be thanksgiving. So how do I fight my battles with thanksgiving tonight? So let's jump into some scripture. I'll be able to send Emma on her way and we can get into the night. Great. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, uh, that you make a way to us, that you're not a far away God that we worship about, Lord God, but we actually connect with you in worship. And I just pray, Lord, that tonight through ordinary words from an ordinary person, we would be able to see and hear and capture something of your nature in worship. We would see a fresh uh, aspect of you. And so I just pray, Lord, beyond anything I've prepared, anything I've prayed into, Lord, I pray that your spirit would be speaking to this room. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Emma. So um, that verse, you might not immediately look at that and go, oh, it's talking about worship. There's a few worship uh, words in there. We've got rejoice. We've got thanksgiving. We've got prayer, I believe. And we've got supplication. I think these are all worship words. Uh, Rejoice is kind of celebrating. Thanksgiving is um, giving thanks. Uh, Prayer is communicating with God, right? Anytime we're communicating with God, we're praying. I tell this story all the time, but it's such a great example of it, being super, super tired, coming home from work, going, God, I'm sorry, I'm just too tired to pray tonight. And God said, stop being epic. You're praying right now. (laughs) I don't know how God talks to you. It might just be a pastor thing. I don't know, but that's how God talks to me. Or maybe just you're all much more lovely and I'm stubborn and I need it. Um, And then supplication, which isn't a word that we use a lot in conversation. I haven't seen it trending on TikTok. Um... When I've seen it two weeks later on Insta Reels, but <laughs> it's talking about a, 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 a passionate request, almost like a needing request. It's not just a like, oh, could I? It's like a real like, I really need this supplication, entreating, request kind of thing. So these are some words that we've got in here, and this is actually something that I think is super vital for for what it means to be a church community that worships together. I think this is, all these components are a huge component of corporate church worship. And we may think of some of these words, like celebrate, as public, and some of these words uh, as private, like we might think of prayer and supplication as a private thing and rejoicing and thanksgiving as a public thing. I think we should bring all of these into both spaces. But I'm going to specifically talk about it in a public sphere because the context for Philippians is Paul's trying to encourage this church. He's trying to encourage them to commit to being a community of faith in a world that seeks to erode that commitment. Now, does that sound familiar to anyone? He's saying, well, I need you to be a community. I know this world is doing everything it can. The mechanical parts, the spiritual parts, the physical parts, all of it is working together to right, try and erode your commitment to being a community of faith. And he's trying to encourage them to do so. Now, a problem with that word community of faith is that we get really caught on the word community sometimes. And so we think of community around a different lens than rejoicing and thanksgiving and celebrating and uh, supplication. We think about it in terms of socialization. And so community of faith becomes the church will help me to find my social group. And reality is that's not what Jesus had in mind. He puts the lonely into families. That's, the, that's one of the missions of the church. That's, that's one of your jobs to do for other people. But he didn't go, hey, Peter, that's a great revelation. 
you are a rock, and on this rock I'll build my church, and then Kevin will have a good friend group. Wow. He said the gates of hell will not stand against that, that organisation. And so do we become a part of a church and come to church primarily to make friends and socialise, or so the gates of hell will not stand against what we do? And so I think we really lose it. And so I think we lose in our sense of corporate belonging, this sense of rejoicing, thanksgiving, prayer and supplication, because it just becomes about, am I getting my needs met well? I hope, I think it's great, I think it's best, I think it's ideal when everybody within a church has two or three friends within that church, but that's not the mission of the church. That's not, we're not going to have a midweek meeting on whether you have enough friends or not. We will if you're in a life group, but I hope for the sake of your life group leader, you're not just there to make friends. I hope you're there to be honed and sharpened and grow and be turned onto the mission of God that he has for your life. I hope you come out of that room every fortnight more on fire and more equipped to bring his word and his gospel to a dying world. I hope that's what that's about for you. And so we get really caught up sometimes in community and lose the community of faith. This is what community of faith means. It means that there are people tonight that I do not know. I'm twice your age. I don't think we'll ever be best friends. That's fine. It would be kind of weird and inappropriate. I don't know you. I don't know what struggles you face, but I know this world is trying to erode your faith. I know it's trying to push you away from a dynamic faith in Christ, and I can look over and be encouraged by the fact that you chose to come here tonight, worship him with abandon. That encourages me. That's what it means to be a community of faith. It means that we push and encourage and uh, champion each other towards that by our the way that we are worshipping God. And so that's what, what I'm talking about tonight. <sighs> Great. Now there's another little bit in this verse that I really want to drill into, but I want to set that context. I'm setting the context in that we're talking about corporate worship, we're talking about a community of faith, we're talking about a community that's, that's doing this stuff. Now we're going to get personal in it, but I want you to keep that corporate dynamic in mind, that community dynamic in mind, okay? So we're just going to really focus in on six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything. I'm so glad there's a comma after that, not a full stop. Could you imagine? Hey, we're talking about this is how I fight my battles. Anyone else that's like a pretty pressing battle for you, a pretty constant battle for you, a pretty like, is that not something that seems to, that's a drum that is banging and banging and banging for a lot of people. You're, you're either winning the fight against that or you're losing the fight against that, but I kind of feel like probably all of us are in some way fighting against that. And so we're, we're talking about do not be anxious in, about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, this word peace here, specifically talks about the peace that a nation experiences when it has no enemies. A nation that doesn't really need to bother putting up walls or having an army because there is no enemies that are going to come against it. That level of peace. That level of peace, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That word guard is a military term. The peace of God is going to guard your hearts and your mind. Now, there's something that we get caught up in here with, with hearts and mind, I think, because we think about it in the English language, 20, 2024. And it might surprise you to find that Paul didn't write this in 2024 and he didn't write it in English. He wrote it in Greek, 
which is weird because he was Jewish. But anyway, written in Greek to the Philippians. And the way they think about mind and heart is different to the way that we think about mind and heart. We think about the mind as this very logical, intellectual place. That's where our thoughts live, right? And then our heart is this very chaotic, silly place that feels emotions. (laughs) And we keep them quite separate. And we try and tame our emotions with our thoughts because they're separate. And so then we identify certain things as thoughts and certain things as emotions. Go with me. I'm... I know what I'm talking about, and no, it sounds like I I'm, don't, but I do. Wait, this will be good. It'll pay off. Because we will think something like, budget's a bit tight, probably need to figure out a way to earn a little bit more money. That's a very logical thought. There's no emotion attached to that whatsoever. We'll go, we've been dating for a while, should probably date, that just makes sense, right? These, these things we think, and we just construct them in a way to try and suggest to ourselves that there's no emotional component. We separate our thoughts and our emotions out, and that's how we conduct ourselves. All right, I need you to get this. So what we do, okay, is we convince ourselves that our thoughts and our emotions are completely separate things, that live in completely separate areas. The Bible says that who we endeavour to be, what we desire to do, actually lives with our passions, with our emotions. It says that deeply interconnected and they live together in our heart. Right? And so when the Bible's talking in this way, it's talking about these things connected. We try and split them out. We try and say it's one or the other. The Bible says they live together in your heart. When you think about it, doesn't that actually make sense? Right? That who you purpose to be, what you desire to do, actually lives with your passions. They actually live side by side. Your thoughts and your emotions, when you really reflect on it, don't they live like right next to each other? I'll give you an example, right? You want to earn more money because you need to look after the kids, you need to look after the family. Very logical. Is that not somewhat associated with your fear of not having enough? With your desire to provide for your family? With your desire to be seen as someone who provides for their family? With your fear that there won't be enough? With your disappointment with your parents? With all kinds of stresses and anxieties and positive and negative emotions? Your desire to date. We've been, we've been chatting for a while. We haven't you know, made it official. Does that not live with your fear of dying alone? Does it not live with your desire to love someone? Does it not live with your desire to be loved? And so we try and make this this really like easy, breezy, smooth, able to navigate mathematical thing. Whereas this big, muddled, passionate mess Where do envy and quarrels come from amongst you? Is it not your passions? Right? You want and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel and you gossip and your reputation destroy. 
You do not have because you do not ask. You do not receive because you ask amiss that you can spend it on your pleasures. If we don't get our passions in order, they will run amok, they'll drive the ship, they'll destroy you personally, and they'll destroy any sense of community that you have. But in Philippians, Paul is saying, the peace of God will guard the place where you decide your mind and the place where you feel. Not the place where just happy or sad or mad, but where your desires live where your sense of need comes from, where your yearning comes from, that will be guarded if we make our requests known to God with thanksgiving. So what does that look like practically? Right? That means we're praying. I'm praying for... Okay, I'm going to use personal examples. They're going to be really raw. Um, Be nice to me. All right. We've started talking about kids. Yeah, which we were like, no, for like the entire time we were married. And then all of a sudden we've started talking about it. And it's like, okay, so um, that means we need a house and not a rental because the rental barely has enough room for us. And so we need to figure out (laughs) deposits and mortgages and all that kind of stuff that we've never thought about before, never prioritized before. It's completely overwhelming and it, it doesn't look very physically like it can happen. I thank you, God that when we were first married and we're both not doing very well with our mental health and we needed to find a place because we needed to bring the wedding forward for a variety of reasons, we looked at one place and it was perfect and it fell exactly within our budget. And so I thank you, Lord, that as you've done that in my life, I thank you, Lord, would you provide for me again? And you see what happens there is now my prayer isn't specifically for a mortgage. It's for God, would you look after us like you've kept looking after us? It's gotten broader. It's gotten way more trusting. I've started putting my faith in him. I've, second one. I've had a desire to be in full-time paid ministry for 15 years. So that's a decade and a half. <laughs> Hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? So God... You know, I have this desire. Let's be honest to God. Let's not hide it. Let's not sit it down. Let's not go like, I feel really guilty because I want something in my life. God, I have this desire. I have this this thing. I thank you that I get to be an executive pastor, which I never even knew that was a thing for a while. And now I am one. And it's and it's so awesome to be able to be like in the, in the central room of a lot of important decisions. I thank you that I get to run a Bible college, that, that the next generation of leaders uh, entrust themselves with my tutelage and my care. I thank you that I've in some way been able to impact the biblical literacy in a church community. That's amazing. And God, I just pray that you would continue to use me. Now that one has completely flipped. All of a sudden it goes completely away from what I want because I'm starting to in my thankfulness realize, God, you've got way better for me than my plans. You've got way better for me than what I want. I'm getting really hooked up on a number and you're providing for me. I mean, I could add to that, like, thank you that I have an awesome job in disability support, that I super value, that I get to, to hang out with some awesome people, that I get paid to do it. That really like challenges me because like three seconds ago, you were grumbling about that opportunity. And so that's what it means. We could have the band up. That's what it means to have prayer, supplication to God with thanksgiving. It means that I'm taking it out of just the me, the me, the me. 
and I'm dropping it to him. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to worship. We're going to make our requests known to God with thanksgiving. All right? We're going to, I gave you a couple of examples. We're going to do that same thing. We're all going to stand together. We're going to do it before the band's even started playing. Look out. Yeah. Standing before the band. Look out. And we're going to make our requests known to God. We're going to pray to God honestly. But we're also going to find the thankfulness. We're also going to find the hope. Now, some of you are going to find that easier than others. Because some of you, the thing that you're looking for thankfulness in is I would like dinner tonight. Some of you, it's going to be like the most horrendous stuff has happened. So we've got our prayer team. We've got our pastors. If for you, the thankfulness thing is going to be a bit of a push, is going to be a a thing to get over. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to pray with you. Because ultimately, the end process on that is not that I find the prophetic word to this is what you should be thankful for, but praying, hey, Lord, would you impart in them a sense of your goodness, a sense of what you're doing? Would you lift their eyes to be able to see, Lord? Would you remove whatever thing is, is blinding them to see the, the whatever good is there? And I, I recognise we might be praying that over some hectic situations, but, but that's what we're going to do. So as the band starts to build, as they start to get ready, let's do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Culture Church podcast. We pray this message has blessed and stirred you.